1: That's shopify.com slash specialoffer.
0: Welcome to a Why Is This News edition of the Hangout in the Holy Land, the official podcast of landgrantholyland.com, your SB Nation blog covering all things Ohio State Athletics 24-7-365. My name is Matt Taminini. I am the new co-managing editor for the site. And yeah, joined, you are. Well, hold on. I am joined today by one of our fearful deserters, The formerly lovely Buckeye herself, the new assistant producer for SB Nation's Bleeding Green Nation, just now an occasional contributor to Land-Grant Holy Land, Alexis Jason. Hi, Trader. Benedict Arnold. Uh, I'm still
1: here. You can't get rid of me. That's for damn sure. I'll still be here every week, you know, talking to you and... Popping in with random takes about the Buckeyes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Alexis has gotten a, a big old fancy promotion here in SB Nation land. She is now one of the people leading the world champion Philadelphia Eagles blog, Bleeding Green Nation. The uh, I think it's the largest or one of the top, the two largest sites on all of SB Nation of the what, 319 blogs that we have. So she's helping run that big show now. So she has left us behind. Never. You know, which is why I have a new title.
1: But it's so exciting. You're like the big guy. Like,
0: well, one, of, boss the
1: man. one of the boss men.
0: One of the, <laughs> the big boss men. He's he great. <laughs> Old school wrestling reference there. But, uh, but yeah, so Alexis, enough about our personnel changes here, but we have football. Tomorrow, Like, real, legit, scarlet and gray, slobber knocker, silver bullets, Ohio State football. This is amazing.
1: There is no chance that I'm sleeping, like, before this game. I'm just so excited. I can't wait to finally have, like, football to see and evaluate and actually have, like, opinions about.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, because our opinions have gotten us in trouble a little bit over the past month. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Um, we are not going to talk about any of that. We're not going to be talking about being mad online and tweeting random things. We're not going to be talking about how police records we are not going to be talking about uh, board of trustees members quitting. Because while that is important, we're a blog. We're not a newspaper. Um, so they can cover the daily stuff. Let's, we're going to focus on football uh, right now, aren't we?
1: Yeah, it's back. And, you know, there's a lot to be excited about. So let's just focus on that.
0: All right. So the first thing that I was super excited about, and, and we aren't going to get into the necessarily the nitty gritty about this because Colton and Patrick covered it on Wednesday's episode. But I was so unbelievably impressed with Ryan Day at his press conference on Monday that I was a little blown away by it. I was kind of live transcribing everything for our article and you were helping edit at the time. And I just kept watching. And I was like, man, this dude is good. Like, I don't know when he will be a head coach. I don't know where he will be a head coach. Um, I'm going to have some predictions about that here in a second. But he as his text from Chip Kelly said, he was built for this, Alexis.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it sounded like, oh, that's the head coach. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's he sounded like a head coach. And he was saying all the right things. But it was very insightful. And, you know, he was giving you real answers And I think he has navigated the murky water he's in pretty well because he was sort of thrust into this role and given the circumstances, you know, a lot of mess around it. But I think he's handled it really well. It seems like he's kept the players focused and he's got a clear plan, whether that's his or Myers. It doesn't matter as long as, you know, we win.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, one thing that Patrick and Colton talked about in the last episode is is really true, and I think it was, that might be a little bit why I was a little startled by it, is that he talked for like a half an hour, then Greg Shiano came in for half an hour, but the Ryan Day part was very light on the coach speak. So when he was asked a question, he actually kind of gave an answer, which we don't usually see with Urban Meyer or most coaches. Um, and it was it was refreshing because – he actually seemed to want to communicate this information. Now, that might be partially because nothing's been out for the past month, and he really wants to talk about how exciting his team is. But it was just a, a nice way to see a coach. And this is not a knock on Meyer, because I, from a media standpoint and a fan standpoint, sure, I want them to answer questions. But I also understand that there's a strategy behind it. So I'm not upset by it uh, when you know coaches do coach speak or next question right. or whatever. But it was just... It was cool, and he handled it well. He said all the right things. I was just super impressed. But that brings me to a little bit of a hot take here. And you know, I I wrote an article right after Urban's initial suspension where I said that I I thought that if everything that had been reported at that point turned out to be true, and that pretty much went away like two days later when half of what we knew <laughs> no longer was true. So, uh, but I still stand by the article at the time. But I said that it was the end of the Urban Meyer era and. I still kind of think this is the beginning of the end of the urban Meyer era. I don't think that he is going to coach the remainder of his contract. I think that he will leave before I think his contract um, ends in 2022. I don't think he's going to make it that long. No, I'm not saying he's going to be gone by the end of the year. Some guy on the Paul Feinbaum show this week said that he'll be coaching the Cleveland Browns next year, which (laughs) like, okay, whatever, dude. Um, (laughs) But I honestly think that because of all this, we know urban, um, you know, has had his issues with stress and obviously apparently he has memory issues now or whatever. But I'm not wishing this. I'm not necessarily wishing. I just feel like I wouldn't be surprised that these rumors we've heard for years that he could hang it up at any point doesn't come sooner rather than later. And if that does happen, I hope that Ryan Day is the guy we turn to.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think that that's that's like a mild take, like a okay. tepid take. Thank <laughs>
0: okay, thank you.
1: <laughs> like, I think, you know, the good thing, too, is that Ryan Day is only 39 years old. So I think the writing seemed to be on the wall even before all of this when Day turned down several good opportunities.
0: Well, I think between Ryan Day coming in and Alex Grinch coming in, I think everybody just assumed one of them would right. be the next head coach and i think ryan day with his elevation here makes total sense the fact that he turned down the chance to be the offensive coordinator for the tennessee titans he turned down the opportunity to actually even just interview to be the head coach in the sec at one of the mississippi schools i get him confused i don't care um <laughs> but i mean it, it shows you when he can <laughs> sorry i just don't i live in the sec country i don't care um But when he came to Columbus, one of the things he said is that he had young kids and he wanted to find a place where he could stay for a long time, that he could be in uh, one location for his kids to go to school through their entire careers. He said he was going to actually buy a house in Columbus rather than renting, which is what he'd done for the rest of his, you know, 17 year coaching career. So I just feel like whether it's. After this year, which I don't think it is, after the next year, which I think it could be, um, or sometime between now and 2022 or beyond whenever Urban does leave, I I think if they do end up with Ryan Day as being the, the successor, I think the program's in really, really good hands.
1: Oh, yeah. And it would it would still be, you know, an exciting Ohio State offense. And like you said, I don't think he would necessarily mind having to wait two maybe three years, you know, to take over. That's something that at his age isn't that bad, and he could really mold the Buckeyes into something pretty fun in a different way, like not a different, better way than Meyer, but just a different fun way.
0: Let's be honest. There are a lot of things that I would say to describe Urban Meyer. Fun is not normally one of them. He is very much in the Bill Belichick uh, public persona way. Now, I'm sure he's a hoot and a half behind the (laughs) scenes, but... (laughs) <laughs> well, you ex-
1: know, f- fun and yeah. like the I'm going to put up 60 points on oh, you yeah. just because I can't and then I'm still going to kick a field goal. Fine. Yeah,
0: no, no. Yeah. yeah. Or go for two because you can't go for three. That's fun. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, so either way, I was that was my big takeaway from this week was how impressive Ryan Day was. And I feel very comfortable with him navigating the ship for these three weeks because he just seems like he's a guy as Chip Kelly said, who was built for this. And I think the Buckeyes are in really good shape. Now, what'll be interesting with Ryan day is if, and when he becomes the Ohio state head coach, what will their schedule look like? Because we found out a lot of their schedule from now through 2025, Alexis. And there's some really interesting things in there. First off next year, They get two buys, and they're within, like, three weeks of each other. Uh, On October 12th of 2019, they have an off week. Then they play Northwestern. Then they play Wisconsin. Then they're off again. Um, I know with the Big Ten kind of changing its schedule around a little bit, these things happen. Thanksgiving is is a little later next year than normal. But two off days in the middle of the season, one coming after Michigan State, and one coming in the last month of the season, like, I guess that's good. It's interesting. I, I wouldn't mind it being right before we played Penn State or Michigan or Wisconsin or something. But I'll take a I'll take a season with two buys to get the team ready.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a little weird. Like when I saw it, I was kind of like, does that happen? Like, is that really a
0: thing? <laughs> is that allowed? Is that a rule?
1: <laughs> like, did they mess up the schedule and just not provide one or but I mean, I'm sure the coaches aren't going to be mad about having an extra opportunity to rest some of their guys and mm-hmm. get, you know, anybody rehab they need to.
0: Yeah, definitely. But and there's some other things as we scroll through to like the 2025 season. And I will say that this is a caveat because these schedules like that far in advance, all of the non-conference stuff changes all the time. The original home and home with Texas uh, was supposed to be next year. I think 2019 or 2020, that's already changed. But in 2025, Ohio State opens the season as of now at Texas and then hosts Washington, who, again, that's. You know, seven years from now, who knows if these teams are any good, but then they end the season with Penn State, Michigan State and at Michigan like that. Who knows how good any of these programs will be in eight years or seven years, but that's redonkulous.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of um, rivalry like. Put into such a short period of time. (laughs) I feel like the Buckeye fan base will explode a little, but it'll be interesting to see how these teams develop over the next seven years. Do they normally put them out seven years in advance? I'm like, how do you know that far?
0: Yeah. I mean, you're talking about conference or non conference? Both. Well, you know, with the non conference stuff, it's a lot of contracts and scheduling and negotiation because, you know, a lot of times you're paying millions of dollars <laughs> to yeah. uh, uh, to another school to do this. Uh, the conference window, I believe the conference sk- schedules are still created by Mark Rudner, who is an Ohio State alum that works at the Big Ten office, one of the associate commissioners. I'm not sure if it's still him. It used to be him when I was there and a lot long after there, too. But yeah, same kind of things. This is media rights and and scheduling uh not just for football but for the universities and scheduling things around it so there's it's very important to have these schedules as far in advance when you're talking about bringing 100,000 people plus yeah. onto campus in a weekend like like they always say state college pennsylvania becomes like the third largest city in Pennsylvania during a, uh, a Nittany Lion home game. So uh, there's a lot of coordination that has to be done as far in advance. But one thing that I, I want to talk about, make sure people are aware of, this was a really fun piece that everybody on the land grant staff contributed to. It was actually your idea. I think you stole it from from like our Falcons site or something. Um, what we did was, since the news throughout the fall was so limited, we decided to catch everybody up on everything they had to know about this Ohio State team by going A through Z and giving them something to look for for each letter. We start with A is for almost here, because we were just a couple days away by the time that came out, and Z is for zone six. We have something for everything in between, and this was a lot of fun. It was fun to see some, some of these things were creative, like, big bob or um milestones or you know talking about different players but um some of them are some really good information um i this was a really fun piece to uh, to put together and i think it's got a lot of really good information in there
1: patrick's was probably my favorite with the uh free to mario hashtag <laughs> i think it was patrick because
0: it, it was actually it was actually colton uh that his entry but i'm the one that put the free to mario in there actually
1: Oh, well, I love your free DeMario hashtag because it's so true. I, uh, you know, I stand for him two years ago. He was like my favorite running back. And then J.K. Dobbins broke out and then Mike Weber got better again. And then he was nowhere last year and injured. And now he's seemingly not going to be anywhere else either this year. Like he needs to be in the mix.
0: Yeah, it's. I don't understand it. I know Colton and Patrick talked about this on their episode uh, earlier this week, but like, I just don't understand. I think two years ago, I wrote an article where I compared a bunch of Buckeye players to the Avengers. And I said, Demario McCall was like Spider-Man. Like he was small and fast and could really do a bunch of stuff that you couldn't really explain. And he was all over the place. But since then, like he's disappeared. He's not on the depth chart at all on offense. He's listed, you know, on special teams a little bit, but like, That seems like such a waste of his unique talents. And I think they're really making a mistake with Demario McCall trying to force him to be an H-back in the Paris Campbell vein rather than in the Curtis Samuel vein. He is like a a smaller Curtis Samuel. He's a running back who can catch, who's elusive, who is fast. And I just don't understand how someone with his skill set is having such trouble finding the field. And obviously, we're not at practice. We don't know what goes on, but it just seems like man, he's so much fun and has such success when he's touched the ball that there's got to be a reason he's not on the field. Do
1: you know who he reminds me of? Darren Sproles. Ooh. you know, this like small little running back that like all of a sudden pops out of like a huge dog pile and ends up in the end zone somehow. Like you don't really quite know how he does it, but he's so small and elusive. He just like shimmies his way in.
0: Yeah, i I think he's great, and i I don't understand why we're not going to get to see him uh, on the offense much this season. But I hope that changes because he's got a ton of talent. He's just like he's fun. You know, we were talking about him earlier about Urban Meyer not being fun. Demario McCall is fun, and Correct. somebody, yeah, and somebody else who's fun on this team. We've talked about him here before, and he's the B in our A to Z list. He's big Bob Landers couldn't be happier that he's a starter for this opening game uh, I want nothing more than for this guy to make millions of dollars in the NFL and to then just buy everybody gushers and fruit roll-ups and fruit by the foot and stuff like that
1: like people need to read the A to Z article just to see the gif of Big Bob Landers eating a fruit roll-up that Colton at put the in woody. there yeah it, at it's the amazing
0: okay but also we're, we're gonna have to uh we're gonna have to talk about this it's it's gif. It's it's a hard G. Ugh, okay gif.
1: I've gone a <laughs> I mean, lot of years without saying it publicly. <laughs> well, I mean,
0: it's an it's an argument that a lot of people have, but I'm just saying it stands for graphic, so it should be hard G. All right,
1: so. but I don't I don't eat gif peanut butter. But I guess that's a J, so that doesn't count. Yeah, so so okay. I was like, that makes I'll no give it sense. to you. All right, fine. <laughs> you can win this one. Right. You well, can win this one.
0: <laughs> considering I'm not the one who quit the site, but anyway, um, oh. Burn. <laughs> yeah. all right so alexis on our monday episode we made some predictions for what we thought the outcome of the Ohio state versus oregon state game would be tomorrow we both were in the same ballpark but we said that we would revisit them after the depth chart was released after we heard from the players and coaches is there anything that you heard this week that would change what you say your prediction will be
1: uh, not really. I still feel like the Buckeyes are going to be mad. And, you know, I think Oregon State gets into the end zone once, you know, and then maybe gets a, a field goal. So I I would see like over 50 for the Buckeyes and seven or 10 for the
0: Beavers. So your, your original score on Monday was 53 to 10. Are you comfortable sticking with that?
1: Yeah, I'll stick with that.
0: Okay, I went with 58 to 13, and I think that's what I said when I did a, a QA with our Oregon State blog, Building the Dam. The only thing that I will say is eh, we're going to have an official all staff prediction on Saturday, picking everybody will pick the score. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to put there, but I'm starting to think that the 45 point margin that I have at 58 to 13 might not be enough <sighs> um, just because. I feel like they're going to have to keep Dwayne Haskins in a long time for a lot of reasons. One, because they don't really have any backups. They've got Tate Martell, and no matter what Ryan Day says about how Tate Martell was pushing for the starting job, he wasn't. Uh, (laughs) I completely agree with Patrick and Colton that that's just trying to keep Dwayne Haskins as a first-time starter motivated. Dwayne Haskins is a future first-round NFL draft pick. But he still needs snaps. He's never been a starter. He needs snaps. He needs to stay in there. Two, I don't think you necessarily want to throw out your backup quarterback who is all of like five ten and a buck eighty soaking wet when you don't have to. When you have the only other two backups, one is still working back from an ACL injury, and the other guy, I don't, I'm not even sure he has the playbook yet. He hasn't been there that long, so. I would not be surprised if we see Dwayne Haskins further into the third quarter, perhaps even into the fourth quarter, than we would have last year if JT Barrett was the, the quarterback in the same situations. If that is the case, I think he gets the score up into the 60s, could put it up to a 60-ish point or uh, a 50-ish point margin. So that would be my only caveat. I'm going to stick with 58-13 for now, but my official prediction Will be in the article on Saturday, but I've just, I just think this is going to be an old fashioned slobber knocker. And I feel bad for the Oregon State folks because it's going to be a hard knock life for them.
1: It is. I have a question Do you think that we're still worried about Tate Martell wanting to leave, like where they would give him, you know, more snaps just to sort of keep him here?
0: I sure hope not, um, and uh, we're going to have another article coming up uh, later today on the site with our season predictions, and everyone put in a hot take. My hot take is that Tate Martell will not be a quarterback at Ohio State next year. He will, wow. be, he will either be an H-back at Ohio State or a quarterback somewhere else, because with the recruits coming into the 2019 and 2020 class, I think they will far surpass him. Not necessarily in athletic ability, but in the specific skills that lend themselves to a Ryan Day offense. Ryan Day is not a run-first quarterback offensive coordinator. He was brought in with a specific purpose to reshape the Ohio State offense and specifically the quarterback position into a more throw-first, not pro-style, but more of a throw-first spread option team, and Tate Martell just doesn't fit that. So I think Tate Martell is absurdly athletic, I don't think he's a great thrower, not at least in this style. So I think right. if he really wants to play quarterback, he's going to have to go somewhere else. But if he wants to play at Ohio State, I think he could be a guy who could do pretty well at an H-back position. So my opinion, and it's just a guess, and these are bold predictions meant to go wrong, so I'm not like going to bet any money on this. But if I had to pick something bold out of the box, it would be that Tate Martell won't be a quarterback at OSU next year. We will see yeah all the all the tate apologists can can at me go ahead i'm ready that's
1: okay my hot take was that demario mccall was going to be the the rb2 this year and uh he's not even listed on the offense (laughs) death chart so yeah my take already has bombed
0: yeah that's okay i i (laughs) I was there with you in spirit at least (laughs) thank you all right so just as a reminder the Ohio State-Oregon State game will come to you on ABC at 12 noon p.m. Columbus time. We will have a full day of coverage from sunup to sundown at landgrantholyland.com. You can interact with us on Twitter. Our man Colton Denning is going to be manning the Twitter machine throughout the game at LandGrant33. You can also find us on Facebook. I don't know if Matt Brown, our beloved managing editor emeritus, is going to be doing a uh, hot takey facebook live afterwards we need to figure that out but you can find us on facebook at land grant holy land you can find me on twitter and instagram at bww matt you can follow alexis at lovely buckeye you get to keep the title i'm not going to make you change it <laughs> to lovely eagle that's fine we're gonna we're gonna let you keep it for now we'll see how the rest of the season goes then
1: lovely buckeye for life
0: <laughs> for l-y-f-e <laughs> exactly yeah. All right. So thanks again for listening, everybody. Enjoy the game. And as always, go Bucks.
1: Go Bucks.